I'm a loser. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. That was the Beatles with I'm a Loser. So, Donald, can you relate? So, the election has been decided, at least in most people's mind. Well, maybe half or 51% of people's minds, the election had. Which brings welcome relief. Before I get started today, I want to kind of go back in time. We had moved into an area of Florida, and when we first moved here, debated whether to put up a uh, sign in the yard, considering that we were new to the neighborhood. But after all the craziness that's gone on over the past four years, decided, you know, I really want to put one up, not only to show my support, but also to let people know in the area that when it comes to having discussions, if they start having this kind of crazy racist, you know, fake media discussion, I wanted people to know where I stand on things. So it was a Sunday afternoon, probably late afternoon, I decided to plant the sign in our front yard. Well, the next morning, I at 8 o'clock in the morning, I get an email from the Homeowners Association about my sign. In the email, it included a section of their bylaws that stated about the display of political signs in your yard. Now, here's the crazy thing, is I looked at the bylaws. They said you could have a sign up uh, 30 days prior to the election. Well, this was October 4th. And, of course, the election was November 3rd. So I wrote back to them, sounded a little bit confused as to why were they sending me this if I put the sign up yesterday, and which was October 4th, and the election was November 3rd. So I just kind of played stupid and tried to you know, get an answer. Well, then I got a response and basically said that my sign was okay. But it was amazing to me. The sign hadn't even been up 24 hours, and already somebody somewhere in this area complained to the Homeowners Association. So the, I guess the battle was afoot. And so after that, I didn't hear anything. In fact, some neighbors, I guess, started feeling comfortable and began to put up Biden-Harris uh, signs also in support, which was nice to see. But anyway, we moved forward to Tuesday night and the election and staying up and watching the results come in. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm watching Florida since that's where we're living now. And I'm kind of feeling hopeful. And for a while there, was, I was thinking maybe per chance he could pull it off. And at the same time, Texas was looking okay, maybe a little bit promising. But by the time I went to bed election night, I was starting to feel like it was... 2016 all over again. So, needless to say, it was a restless night attempting to sleep, thinking not again. We're going to go through this again. And needless to say, the next day I immediately turned on TV, watched the news, watched results starting to come in. And each day, I would have to say, I got a little bit more and more hopeful that things were going to change and that we are finally going to be moving in a positive direction. 
And so by Saturday morning, I was feeling pretty good. And then the election results came in and basically said that Biden was the winner. And I thought, no more Trump. You know, after January 20th, it'll be done with. However, little did I know that the craziness would still continue. But at the same time, I felt like it was time to start the healing process. So I decided, since the election results were final, um, that afternoon, that Saturday afternoon, I decided to take down my Biden-Harris sign because I didn't want to gloat. I didn't want to rub it in. I just felt like, okay, the message has been clear. We know who the winner is now, and I can feel like it's time to heal. And so I went out and took the sign down. But little did I know, things weren't going to change that much. So let the craziness begin. Or should I say, continue. So I'm confused. Are we supposed to stop the vote or count the votes? Which one is it? We've got one group yelling out, stop the votes. The other one, count the votes. So the insanity. Record, um, great competence, love of what they're doing, how they're getting along with people, references. I mean, no different than when you're running a company, how you hire top people. We have to get the best people. We need to get the best and the finest. And if we don't, we'll be in trouble for a long period of time. The best people? Now, would that include Rudy hands down your pants Giuliani and his infamous Four Seasons press conference? So here's how I imagine this all came about. Like all those competent people that Trump surrounds himself with, I imagine they probably had a meeting and decided that they needed to set up a press conference in Philadelphia. And as they strategized about the conference, they thought, well, we need to have it at a nice place, a good hotel perhaps. So they maybe had somebody look into this and the idea was let's let's have it at a at a nice place, like the four seasons. And so now that person in this little group was in charge of securing a press conference. And like almost everything that Trump or his crew touches turns into a disaster. We wind up seeing them at the Four Seasons landscaping place in between a crematorium and a porn shop. If it wasn't so pitiful and so crazy-making, it would be kind of a good, well, not a good, but a maybe bad comedy show. Then we had the other press conference in which Rudy, profusely sweating and hair dye dripping down his face, began to make these crazy accusations along with the other lawyers that were there but the insanity just doesn't reside within trump's inner circle a recent poll found that over 70 percent of republicans felt that the election wasn't fair now how is it that some republicans down ticket won but somehow trump's vote got discarded i'm still trying to figure that one out and as the coronavirus continues have a significant impact around our country, we still have the battle continuing. At a recent school board meeting, more than 20 parents, grandparents, and students 
some of them wearing T-shirts stating unmask our children, came to complain about the requirement of students having to wear masks. One parent compared waterboarding to requirement of wearing masks. Another parent stated that the fact that you would make this medical decision that goes against scientific data and puts our children's health at risk has truly made me wonder if I should ever entrust my children to you again. And another parent stated, I want you guys to learn one thing, and that is to be honest. If you cannot tell me when a pandemic ends, you cannot tell me what a pandemic is. If you cannot measure when something needs to stop, you cannot measure that it has started. That's something that is extremely weird. Really? Because you can't tell people when a pandemic will end? It means it doesn't exist? That's your logic? You'd rather spend your money and time printing out t-shirts and coming with that type of argument to go against masks? So much wasted energy. It should be energy used towards putting an end to this by doing things like wearing a mask. But I could almost guarantee these are the same ones that believe that Trump won by landslide and that the whole election is a fraud. They just can't handle it. I walk around my area and I still see the Trump signs in people's yards. It's just, it's sad. It's outrageous. And I just don't know how we are going to be able to move on with this type of thinking. But as I think about moving on, a few ideas have come to my mind, particularly about what we need to do as a government. One idea I had, um, and it's nothing new, but one thing that I think that needs to happen is I think we need to look at how we're going to fund things. You know, I've been watching on TV and seeing, you know, the problems people have had with restaurants, staying in business. I've also seen the number of people that have lined up for food. And I thought, you know, what if we were able to do some funding and, say, be able to fund a situation where we take money, maybe let's make uh, corporations pay a bigger share or their fair share. And let's take some of that funding. And if we just, like, devote some of it to, like, the food industry – That includes restaurants, their suppliers, their distributors, the employees, and people that could deliver it. If you look at, as I said, the number of people that have gone hungry and are lining up, hundreds of cars lining up for food distribution, what if we took some funding and applied that to being able to feed all the people that are now going hungry? It was reported one in four children now are going hungry. What if we put money into that? think of we could actually have people working we can have restaurants and i'm not talking about the big chains but local restaurants being able to supply food to these people and it would create jobs for people we'd also be able to use some of that money to supply ppe equipment to all that are working in that so that it becomes a safe situation imagine that we could actually take that food and be able to distribute to people in need what a in medical I think with this pandemic, I think we've really looked and seen the true need for universal health care. But as soon as you mention that, people worry about socialism or they don't want to lose their private health insurance. But my question is, what's the fear? 
Some people mention, well, I don't want to lose the doctors I have. And my response to that is, what, are those doctors going to disappear? Or are they going to just, an alien spaceship come down and take them away? They're not going to be around? Is that logical? Or the argument is, well, I know in other countries, you know, you have to wait forever for an appointment or get anything done. And my response to that is, don't we do that already here? Don't we always have to wait, whether it's wait to schedule an appointment or sit and wait in a doctor's office or any kind of medical facility? And think about it. How having to rely on companies that you work for to provide health insurance, it's almost a way in some cases of holding people hostage in a job that they're unhappy with. So they stay with their company because it provides health care, but they're really, truly unhappy or unsatisfied with the work. Just imagine how freeing that would be if people could decide, I don't have to rely on this company to provide my health care any longer. I can move on to maybe a better situation for myself. So I guess the thing is, how long are we going to dance around this idea of universal health care? How many different ways are we going to kind of maneuver around to avoid it? Doesn't it really make the most sense that if we can provide health care for everyone? When you think about health care being a for-profit business, think about the problems we had with PPE equipment. Think of decisions that were made by hospitals and medical facilities where they would only keep a certain supply because they didn't want to cut down on profits by having excess surplus of supplies for PPE equipment. Imagine the jobs that could be created by manufacturing PPE equipment in our own country. How many times are we going to get in situations such as we have with the pandemic till we finally learn that perhaps universal health care is the best solution? So if we can provide funding for things like the food industry to help feed the people around the country, to provide universal health care for everyone so that we can all maintain our health, I think we would find ourselves to be a better country. So as I conclude, one thing I am grateful for is I've gotten over the past four years a little bit obsessed with watching news I think almost too much because I never knew what to expect and what craziness would occur that day. And for the Trump supporters, hopefully things will get better and maybe they won't be so negative or, I don't know, just so so closed off from looking at the reality of situations. You can only hope. So as we move closer to January 20th, hopefully things will start going back to a little bit less crazy. There'll still be the madness around Trump, but hopefully after the 20th of January, that will begin to diminish. We can only hope. Starry, starry night Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils 
catch the breeze and the winter chills in colors on the snowy linen land. Now I understand what you tried to say to me, and how you suffered for your sanity, and how you tried to set them free. They would not listen. Did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. Starry, starry night. Flaming flowers that brightly blaze. Swirling clouds in violet haze. Reflect in Vincent's eyes of china blue. Colors changing hue. Morning fields of amber grain, weathered faces lined in pain, are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand. Now I understand what you tried to say to me, and how you suffered for your sanity, and how you tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now, for they could not love you. But still, your love was true. And when no hope was left in sight on that starry, starry night, you took your life as lovers often do. But I could have told you, Vincent, this world was never meant for one as beautiful as you. Starry, starry night, portraits hung in empty halls, frameless heads on nameless walls, with eyes that watch the world and. Forget, like the strangers that you've met, the ragged men in ragged clothes, the silver thorn, a bloody rose, lie crushed and broken on the virgin snow. Now I think I know what you tried to say to me. To how you suffered for your sanity, to how you tried to set them free, they would not listen. They're not listening still. Perhaps they never.